Don Gordon joins us once again. He is the International Baseball Director for Score International, a friend of the program and a good friend to me. Don, thanks for being part once again. It's great to talk to you, buddy. Rick Benson, I love your show. I love the guys. It's just always uh, just a great excuse for us to get back together to catch up and brag on Jesus Christ. So thank you. You're a missionary with Score International. I know you've been very busy in the recent months. How many different countries have you traveled to of late? Well, I was out of the out of the country for all of April. I was in three separate countries at that time: Argentina, Costa Rica, and the Dominican. And then um, some people would consider Idaho a foreign country. <laughs> I was also out there, but no. Um, and then you know, just all over the place domestically as well. Been a little while since you've been on with us. Can you give us an idea on what you do as baseball director, international baseball director with SCORE, and what you've been doing on your many travels? Yes, uh, my title actually has nothing to do with what I do. I think it's for the government. (laughs) But uh, really what I do is I try to invest my life into men. And my my great passion is to uh, disciple men, to teach them, God's word, the truth, and uh, that might be my primary passion. And then I do biblical marriage counseling as well, which is, if you know what the word discipleship means, um, it's just another form of discipleship. And and uh, just taking God's word and bringing it to bear on people's issues and problems. <clears throat> and I can tell you, Rick, um, when people you know listen to God's word, uh, there's a hundred percent success when they do it. I know I've needed it in my life many times, and, and so when we apply it, it's, it's always always very helpful. A lot of churches use the term discipleship, but I know you prefer the term disciple making. Can you explain mm-hmm. why you prefer that difference? Yeah, I, I stole that from Jesus Christ Himself because in the Great Commission, which actually our Bible don't say that that's our word. It's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus said, of all the things he could have said when he left the earth, he said this, go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I've commanded you to obey, and lo, I am with you to the end of the age. And basically he said, go make disciples. And that means go make followers of Jesus Christ. That's why, why I use the word disciple-making, and it's not original with me, obviously. And it's, it's, it's a little bit of a difference between discipleship, which involves small groups and growth, whereas disciple-making is typically one-to-one, man-to-man, woman-to-woman. You were a part of four organizations when you played professionally, plus you played several years of off-season ball in the Latin Leagues. How did God use that experience to prepare you for what you're doing today? Yeah, it was such a blessing. You know, we moved 33 times in 10 years, and that's not a complaint. My wife is the true hero because, you know, I basically got on a plane or a bus and met the team where she had to, you know, shut down the apartment, get back the, the rental furniture, close the phone, this and that. But uh, really, it just opened up our eyes and our experience to see many different things. And some of those things involve, you know, being exposed to missionaries overseas and seeing how they, they did things and how the church operated in different countries and different cities. And so God gave us a wide range of experiences. But 
it just it just forced us and forced me to stay consistent in the Bible, God's Word, which gives perspective as you're moving around so much. It just gives another layer of experience. So it really it really was a you know predication and a a forerunner to what what we're doing today and what I'm doing. So it was it was just just a great blessing to play overseas to play. 10 years here, and, and I just, I'm so thankful for that. We're talking with missionary Don Gordon, the international baseball director with Score International. Major League Baseball has been having a number of young prospects making their big league debut this season. Do you still remember when you first got the call and the first batter you faced? I do. Uh, the first batter was uh, Larry Parrish, not Lance Parrish, with the Texas Rangers in 1986. And I really never got the call, Rick. Um, I made the team the Toronto Blue Jays out of spring training in 1986, and our first game was in Texas against the Rangers at Arlington Stadium. And uh, I basically went up to the pitching coach, Al Wigmore, who I liked very much, and said, Al, am I on this team? He says, he said, you're here, right? So I said, oh, I guess I made the team, and now I can call my mother and my wife and my friends. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I do remember that, and uh, unfortunately... Mr. Parrish had an 80 hopper up the middle. That's a way to say uh, it was a cheap hit <laughs> up, up the middle. But anyway, I'm glad I'm, I'm here to tell about it. There's so much pressure on rookies to make the most of their opportunities when they get them. What about the great number of players who never make it? What kind of effect does perceived failure have on a man? And I know you work with a lot of men in your ministry, and does that create ministry opportunities for you in those situations? Absolutely. A lot of guys, you know, um, at one point when we lived in Arizona, you know, I was the chaplain for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and we had upwards of 70, 80 players come into a Bible study in spring training, which that's now expanded into different locations in Arizona. But when we were out there, uh, many times it was, it was a guy's injury, or perhaps they were becoming a father for the first time, or they were, you know, demoted or released. And those were all opportunities to, to get to a man's heart and ask him, you know, what's the purpose of life? What's the meaning of this? Where, you know, you, you thought this was going to happen, but this has happened. What's your, what's your perspective on this now? So yeah, those were outstanding opportunities. And I just want to say also that I was reading an article the other day about uh, Tommy John. And he made the, the impression that, you know, the players now, every, you know, leave everything on the field, you know, it, it, everything's 100%. And he was saying that, you know, that's really just not reality. That's just not how, not how the game was played when he played, and he played, you know, 26 years in the big leagues. And I thought that was a, a good, healthy perspective because players today are taught if you're not giving, quote, unquote, 100% on everything, then you're really not. Um, using the talent properly, and um, I don't know if if baseball is a microcosm of life. You know, I don't believe we're supposed to live life like that. Don, tomorrow's Father's Day, and uh, you know, if this is too personal, I apologize. But you have a very tragic experience involving your father. Can you share that and how God worked through that experience in your life? Sure. Thank, thanks for the opportunity. Um, and, you know, I don't share this for sympathy or anything, but this is my story. It's, it's obviously personal, but, but hey, it's, this is part of my life. It's part of who I am. But as a 12-year-old, uh, 
my mother, we grew up in New York City, and my mother said, go get your father. I think he's in the garage. And I was late for school that day, and I went out there. Um, we had Gordon's limousine service. And and so the limousine was out in the garage, and I walked out there, and there was my father you know, sitting behind the, the steering wheel, kind of slumped over. And you know, as I approached the car, I opened the door, and there was a funny smell in the garage. And you know, I pushed him, and I said, you know, I was just kind of shaking him to wake him up, and I could just tell it was dead weight. He wasn't going to wake up, and I knew in my even as a 12-year-old, I mean, a discerning spirit, you know, just that I uh, thought he was dead. And, you know, sure enough, he was. And I just kept saying, Dad, wake up. Dad, wake up. Wake up. And, and he wouldn't wake up. And, and you know, so I just sort of froze. Um, and then, you know, I was thinking, you know, how am I going to tell my mother this? And I just remember the walk into back into the kitchen through the backyard up the back stairs and and um you know telling my mother which of course was a time i'll never forget just because of the screams and the moans in the morning that came out of my mother's mouth and and you know it changed everything for our family at that point what an awful and difficult thing for a young man a boy really to have to deal with how has god used that experience in your life the first thing i'll say is as a 12 year old you know, I thought, and this is really hard, but I thought it was good uh, for my father to be dead, only because of the, the kind of man he was, the abuses in my family to, to my mother, um, you know, his wife, obviously. Um, and I just thought it would be better. But the sad thing about that is um, a 12-year-old boy should never be thinking that about his, his father. So, you know, God is has worked with me through that uh, my whole my whole life, you know, since then. And, um, you know, I do a message when I'm out there speaking about voices, and there's basically four voices, Rick, that, uh, that we can listen to. One is God's voice. That's obviously through His Word, the Bible. Number two is Satan's voice. Number three is our own flesh, what we say to ourselves. You remember the Bible verse, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And then there's the voice of others. So there's there's four main voices. And I can just tell you that I'm sure my father heard some pretty nasty voices. And, you know, and my, my oldest brother committed suicide as well. And, and I've had three other brothers die in addition. So my father and four brothers, you know, but I, I promise you, they, they were hearing certain voices, and, and at some point they, they gave in to those voices. That's why I love God's Word, the Bible, and I can renew my mind every day, sometimes many times a day, in the Word of God, because that's where true peace comes from, that's where true perspective comes from, and so in that sense, uh, my father's death uh, was a, a jump-off point for that, but, but um, also, you know, the Scripture in Psalm 146.9 says, The Lord protects strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow, but he thwarts the way of the wicked. So I really sense, even though I was not walking with the Lord as a young man until I was 24, I, I sense God's hand was there somewhere. And now, of course, I sense it very strongly in my life because I try to stay close to God, and more importantly, he stays close to me. Also, I just want to add that, you know, after I was saved, one of the first persons I forgave in my heart was, was my father. 
So I don't stand here saying, you know, I hate my dad or he's this or that. I would never say that because of because of forgiveness. You know, the, the fifth commandment says to honor your mother and father, and it doesn't say honor them only if they're honorable or if they're good parents or so on and so forth, but it says to honor them. So, so I don't want this to be dishonoring to my father at all because he's forgiven by me, and, and, uh, and I want to honor him just because the Bible says to do that. Isn't it wondrous how God is able to use something like that for his honor and his glory and for the good in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there's, there's a reason why God gives children a mom and a dad. And when the dads do a great job and they're the spiritual leader of the home and, and they, they do the best they can in raising their children, you know, raising their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, I mean, God honors that. It doesn't mean things are smooth or things are perfect. With being obedient to the Lord, God gives a perspective on those things, and and that's where the real peace comes from. How old were you when you first came to know Christ, and who was it that led you to the Lord? I was uh, 24, I think. Um, I was playing double-A baseball for the Toronto Blue Jays, and uh, basically... I had been led to Christ by a bunch of different people. My, my college coach, Johnny Hunton at South Carolina, you know, Coach Hunton had actually discipled Bobby Richardson, the Yankee great. And so Coach was, was a huge influence on me as I watched his life. And then when I got into pro baseball, I went to a program called Baseball Chapel. I heard these testimonies all over the place about the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's my Savior. He's, you know, he saved me from my sin and myself and this and that. I'm going, is this a conspiracy? I'm hearing the same thing in California and Tennessee and New York. And, and, and so I just really started to listen with my heart and my soul. And ultimately, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ on a hotel room floor in Columbus, Georgia, by myself uh, with my little green Gideon New Testament. And I you know, repented of my sins. I confessed all of them to Christ. I invited him uh, to be my Lord and my Savior. And I surrendered my life to him at that point. And you've never had any problems since, right? Exactly. Only every day. Because, <laughs> and the big problem is two letters, M-E, me. <laughs> We're talking with missionary Don Gordon, former Major League pitcher, international baseball director with SCORE International, and a missionary. Missionaries are true servants of God, and the reality is they need support. And you, of course, do a lot of traveling using baseball to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that costs money. Certainly we can all be in prayer for you, but how can our audience support you financially? Well, they can, they can go to the SCORE website, scoreintl, S-C-O-R-E-I-N-T-L dot O-R-G, and look up uh, supporting missionaries, and we'll be under the American uh, missionaries, and they could support us that way. If people would like to receive our newsletter, you know, once every six weeks it comes out, we'd be happy to put them on our mailing list. And uh, we just, we really covered people's prayers more than anything. Obviously, we, we've got to pay the light bill, as they say, but, but prayer is, is most key. You mentioned prayer. Is there anything specific that you're facing that we can pray for you? Well, my son is not walking with the Lord. Uh, my two daughters are walking very closely with Christ, and our son Andrew is a great 
kid. He loves me. He loves his mother. He's just sort of out there right now, spiritually just not really interested at all. And so that would be my highest prayer request. Secondly, yes, we do need support. This time of year, for whatever reason, support always goes down. So if, if people out there would be willing to say just a little prayer for us, for the Father, for, for Andrew, and our support, that would just be awesome. Well, we'll be praying for you, my friend. I know I'll be praying that God will keep you strong. I know you got an intense summer schedule in front of you, a full summer of camps up at Word of Life in Scroon Lake, not to mention the camp you do in Pennsylvania every single year. We'll be asking God to bless your work and your ministry, and I just want to thank you for joining us, and thank you for all you do with Score International. Well, Rick, thank you, and um, I just want to tell your listeners out there the word Father, uh, God himself gave us men the title Father, those of us that have children, and that's the same title that he has. And the word Father it literally means originator of life. So, so I just want to encourage dads to be dads. You don't have to be perfect. Again, as Father's Day comes around, we just you know listen to the Lord's prayer, which really is the disciples' prayer. It begins with our Father who art in heaven. So just a reminder again of just to be thinking about what is a father, where does it come from, what's it all about, what's my role, and uh, do I need to change anything? But, Rick, I love you. I appreciate you so much, and great to hear your voice, too. Now it's good to talk to you. Hopefully I'll get a chance to get to see you at some point over the summer. That would be awesome, brother. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Rick. All right. You, uh, Bye. Bye-bye. Don Gordon joining Benson and those guys, missionary with Score International, had a very nice professional baseball career, but has made his greatest impact in the cause for Christ and just in his tireless ministry as a servant for Jesus Christ. You're listening to Benson and those guys. Our show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.